Welcome back to the Health Investment Podcast. I'm honestly still in a little bit of shock that the interview you're about to listen to actually happened. My guest, Vinny Tortorich, was really the impetus for my own health journey several years ago. My husband, Thomas, had heard him on the Adam Carolla show, and he bought his book, Fitness Confidential. Kind of bored on a plane flight, I opened Fitness Confidential and read the entire thing in just a few hours. In Vinny's book, I learned his NSNG, or No Sugar, No Grains, catchphrase for the first time. Since I had been trying to get healthy and lose weight by eating low-calorie, low-fat foods, I was pretty much only eating sugars and grains at the time. So this idea of his came as a real shock to me. And honestly, I was skeptical that it'd actually work. But since Vinny had helped top celebrities get in shape for big movies, I thought it was worth a try. Much to my surprise, I lost about 15 pounds almost effortlessly. And I did so by eating tasty, satiating things like avocados, nuts, butter, and eggs. It was incredible. After realizing I'd been sold a bunch of low-fat, low-calorie lies by mainstream media and diet culture, I wondered what else I'd been wrong about. That's when I started my deep dive into everything health and nutrition related, which then led me to starting my first blog, which then led me to becoming a certified transformational nutrition coach. It all started with Vinny, a guy who has way too many followers at this point and way too much going on to care about my little old podcast, but still he did. I emailed him on a Wednesday, the Wednesday before Christmas, I might add, and he emailed right back asking if we could record on that Thursday or Friday. Seriously, the guy is so generous and genuine. All he cares about is getting his message out there to as many people as possible, which is so admirable for somebody as famous as he is. Aside from being a celebrity trainer and author, Vinny is an avid podcaster himself. He releases five episodes a week, which is absolutely incredible now that I've done this myself. He also owns a pure vitamin company, which he calls Pure Vitamin Club. You may recognize that name because I interviewed his co-founder, Andy Schreiber, in episodes 10 and 11, so be sure to check those out if you haven't already. He also owns a pure coffee company called Pure Coffee Club. He's also a public speaker. As I mentioned, he's a regular guest on Adam Carolla's podcast, and now he's a documentarian. If you haven't already, you must check out Fat, a documentary. It's so illuminating. Seriously, there's nothing this guy doesn't do. So I could go on and on, but I'll stop there. Quickly, let me share an amazing iTunes review with you because you know how much I adore reading these. Carly Gray left a five-star review and said, Easy and inspiring health tips. Brooke is a wealth of knowledge and she has a way of sharing tips and tricks in a really straightforward and easy-to-implement way. Just a few of her inspiring tips have already changed the way I think about eating and feeding my family. Thanks, Brooke. No, thank you, Carly. I really can't express how much these honest reviews mean to me. Reading them is the highlight of any day. All right, are you ready to hear from Vinny? I forgot to mention that you should buckle your seatbelt because he's also one of the most candid people there is. He doesn't hold back. So prepare to be both informed and entertained. Here we go. Hi, I'm Brooke Simonson, 
certified nutrition coach and host of the Health Investment Podcast. Here's the thing, you deserve to feel amazing. But here's the other thing, there are so many confusing messages out there. Week after week, I'm gonna share tips and practices that actually work for simple weight loss and sustainable wellness, because I wanna help you get healthy for good without any BS. When I'm not podcasting, I work with clients one-on-one. So visit the show notes to book your free consultation. And don't forget to leave a review so that others can become trim, energized, confident, BS-busting rock stars like you. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Vinny. Thank you so much for being on the Health Investment Podcast today. I'm a huge fan of yours and have been for years. So this is really a treat for me to be talking to you. Uh, actually, Brooke, the pleasure is all mine because uh, whenever a really beautiful woman contacts me and says, hey, you know, would you like to talk to me? Can I ask you questions? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, now I'm even more flattered. So thank you for that. Well, but- hang, on, hang on. I'm not done with that yet. Because oh. <laughs> now you got me thinking. <laughs> I grew up and not one girl would talk to me. Not even one. And you know, now it's like yeah, you know, people will call and say, "Hey, man, I'd like to talk to you for forty-five minutes or an hour." And uh, would you please talk to me? I'm like, "Yeah, what happened to that other guy? What happened <laughs> to the guy that that couldn't get one girl in the whole school?" As a matter of fact, they would go, "Vinny, that, that was a comment, pretty much." So maybe this proves that the nice the nice guy can win in the end. Yeah, you know, you know, you know, we always see the movie, the guy that's got, you know, the problem and all that, you know, they're always goofing on him and dropping pig's blood on his head and putting, you know, stuffing him into the locker and all that. Yeah, somehow, some, sometimes in life, that guy can come ahead. So this is good. There's hope for everyone out there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> even me. If you can make it, anyone can. Well, I don't know if I've made it yet, but I, I you know, I'm not getting stuff thrown at me at least. Women are going, hey, you mind if I ask you a few questions? I'm like, well, that's a change. (laughs) Well, I would say you have made it, and thousands of people would agree with me. But for anyone out there who doesn't know you yet, can you just highlight sort of the key points of your history that led you to the fitness and nutrition industry and kind of to where you are today? Uh, Yeah, quickly. uh, I graduated from Tulane University, degree in exercise physiology, also nutrition and uh, secondary education. So I'm a high-paid PE teacher. And <laughs> uh, in 1990 or so, I moved to California, to Los Angeles area. Uh, because of weather, I just wanted to be in a place that had nicer, nicer weather than Louisiana and found myself working with celebrities. And that was not part of the plan, but that's what happened. And I was very lucky in that respect because it afforded me a good living, and, and then people found out about me. So that was good. Uh, and then, um, uh, you know, things happened, and uh, I ended up on the Internet. <laughs> you know, That's a scary place to be. Yeah, well, I ended up writing a book, and, and so I had to go promote it somehow. So I got on the Internet to sell the book, and, and then I ended up with a popular book called Fitness Confidential, uh, my podcast at the beginning was called uh, The Angriest Trainer Podcast, but then in order to streamline everything, 
uh, after years of that, we started calling it Fitness Confidential, just like the book, because the book became a thing. Uh, and uh, blah, 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 I did a movie, and here we are. Yeah. So, and for people out there who haven't heard your podcast, you release five new episodes a week, which is insane. I don't know of any other podcaster who does that. So, I mean, how many episodes do you have at this point? Um, I'm going to guess that it's around 1,500 because I know we rounded 1,400 earlier this year. So we have to be at about 1,500. And by the way, there is one guy that's a little wackier than I am. Um, and he's a good friend of mine. Uh, I met him after I started podcasting, Adam Carolla. He actually releases more shows per week than I do. Uh, and I'm actually one of the cast members on, on, his, <laughs> on his main show. So uh, I'm on that show too. But I was, Yeah, that's actually how my husband found you was through Adam Carolla. But... That's always strange to me because now um, this is going to sound horrible. <laughs> Say it. It's fine. Now I get recognized. Yeah. And it's largely because of Adam Carolla. You know, I can be somewhere. Like if I get on an airplane and Serena's like, you know, in front of me and we get on planes a lot and uh, she might be in front of me and and she'll say, honey, do you have my bag? And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get a seat. I got your bag. And then five people will look up. I'm exaggerating. One person will look up and go, that's (laughs) many. And it's not because of my face because no one recognizes it. It's because I have a quirky voice. Uh. They they pick up on that, which is which is odd because I'm in my fifties. I'm almost sixty now, fifty seven. I, I went through life without getting recognized, but Adam Carolla changed all of that. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to say for the better. Yeah, of course. And now you're reaching more people, you know, with your amazing message. So that's great. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. So I know you also, you know, through your podcast or Adam Carolla, you're in contact with people all the time and you're so generous to come on my show when Christmas is next week and you've just moved. But I know that one of your goals is just to cut through the crap and get right to the biggest misconceptions people have about health and fitness and to share what actually works. So I'm wondering, like, what would you say are still the biggest misconceptions people have today about nutrition or fitness or what are some of the things you keep seeing pop up? Uh, Things have never changed pretty much. Um, You know, even though keto is the hottest word in social media right now and, you know, low carb is a hot word and uh, OMAD, which means one meal a day and all that kind of stuff. Still, you know, you know, people believe by and large, you know, calorie in, calorie out. If you don't eat fat, you can't get fat. Um, veganism has got to be healthier by definition because, well, it's got the word vegetable baked into it. So these kind of terms are still, you know, what if you said, okay, let's move away from the Internet. Let's just go ask anyone who's not paying attention. Right. Someone who's not plugged in and they will tell you that most doctors will still tell you you know, that kind of stuff. You go to most doctors and they'll say, oh, your cholesterol is a little high. And it, you can say to that doctor, hey, doc, uh, did you take a uh, small dense particle test? Did you do a, uh, large fluffy particles in my LDLs? They will look at you like you're insane because they don't even know what that terminology means. Right. Right. So, you know, we still, all the old misconceptions are still there. Seed oils are good for you. 
which is nothing can be further from the truth. I could go on and on. Right. So you, in your experience, what you started in the nutrition industry in the 80s? Yeah, I graduated in 84. Yeah. So you think pretty much, even though we see these buzzwords and things, the common person still has most of these misconceptions. Well, look, I, I when I first started my business, I was pushing some of those. Um, you got to eat less and move more. You know, that's mm-hmm. what they told us. But I, I've talked about this extensively on my show. Even though I was saying that, I had some clues back when I was doing, when I was at Tulane doing some stuff in the lab, where I had some inconsistencies, and they were very, very innocent misconceptions and inconsistencies. Uh, the one I always talk about is we had an athlete, you know, we, we would take the athletes off the track team and we would pull them in and we would have them all hooked up on a treadmill. And, we, you know, you've seen the Gatorade commercials where they got the guy with the thing in his mouth and the yep. eggs all over him and the whole thing. And besides that, the part they don't show in the, in the Gatorade commercial is you're also, you're pricking their finger to see when they go into lactic, uh, acid, you know, when they get to the lactic acid threshold, right? So you're, you're, you're taking all kinds of measurements in the whole deal. <clears throat> and one of the things we were able to tell from all that is calorie expenditure. And yeah. this was my very first clue. So let's call it circa 1982. Um, I was eating a bag of M&Ms. I was having lunch with a girl named Lisa. I'm not going to give her last name anymore because I used to say her last name, but it's not <laughs> Uh, but she, because she's still in the health and, you know, she's a therapist uh, of some sort. Oh, okay. um, Linda and I, we were lab partners a lot. And um, I was eating a, a bag of M&M's. Now, in 1982, a bag of M&M's was about half the size of the extra giant size bag you get today. You wow. know, what you're supposed to share with a friend. Wink, wink. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So there were tiny bags, and I'm, I had my sandwich, and I was eating these M&Ms. Linda had them, actually, and she handed them to me, and I took a few in my hand. And I happened to look at the back, and I went, huh. And she went, oh, boy. Whenever he says, huh, this is not going to be a short conversation. <laughs> and she goes, okay, huh, what? I said, huh, there's 172 calories in this bag of M&M's. She goes, yeah, so? I said, okay. If I was eating these casually, I can finish them in, inside of two minutes. She goes, okay. Uh, she says, what does that have to do with anything? I said, we just had a finely tuned track athlete at 100% of his aerobic capacity for 30 minutes or for 28 minutes, right, until we got him into lactic acid threshold." To right. over the red line. And she goes, yeah, and I said, he did not burn that many calories. Think about that. And she goes, yes, and, and I said, so how could calorie in, calorie out for people who want to lose weight ever work? And she hmm. goes, I don't know. That's just the way it works. And I said, or, or it doesn't. And that was the beginning of me thinking about it and looking at it and you know, playing with it a bit. So then eventually you came up with this trademark of no sugars, no grains, which is now abbreviated NSNG. So can you explain what that means? Yeah. Uh, My grandmother, who's from the old country, from Italy, um, 
she never made it past, I think, the fifth grade because they had to work. They grew up during the Great Depression and all that. And so a woman with no education from Italy pretty much knew that if you eat pasta or bread, you gain weight. Right. Okay. My grandmother knew that. No education. Apparently, all of these doctors and vegan doctors and uh, people at Harvard and all this stuff don't know as much as an Italian woman who came over, still away on a boat and never made it through the fifth grade because of the depression. Obviously, they don't know as much as she does. And now I take everything like that. It's like, okay, how does my grandmother know that pasta and bread will put bulk on you, except everyone else will tell you it's heart healthy. And since it doesn't have fat, you won't get fat. So that that was that's a complete misconception that grains are good for you. Sugars are the same thing. I mean, a carbohydrate is a carbohydrate. Now, if you listen to the um, uh, the dietitians, you know, <laughs> the ones that are under the same uh, system as doctors and everyone else, dietitians will tell you, well, sugar will make you fat because that's a simple sugar. Uh, it's a simple carb, but you know, complex carbs. Those are slow burning, and those won't make you fat. I can actually argue that they will make you even fatter, hmm. right? Because sugar will give you a spike, um, and then uh, um, complex carbs will actually give you a load, which means it'll take you into the spike position and then keep you there for a long time. So. Hmm. They're completely, well, they're right about one thing. Sugar will spike you and make you fat, but they're completely wrong about grains and everything else because they will make you even fatter and cause fatty liver disease quicker, cause more inflammation, cause sleep apnea, cause, um, did did I mention uh, triglycerides going sometimes in a case over a thousand? You know, I could just go on and on with that. Right. So then I know a lot of people are anti-refined grains, but where do you stand on whole grains versus refined grains? Tell it to your liver. When, yeah. when, when whole grains get to your liver, it your liver is a meritocracy. It, your liver doesn't care how we feel about what we're eating. Your liver is going to go, hey, here's a grain. Here's what I'm going to do with it. There is no difference. Now, there is, I I will say this, because your audience is going to say, he's wrong about that. He's so wrong. So he must be wrong about everything. Um, (laughs) The fact of the matter is, if there's more fiber um, in there, in other words, uh, let's take vegetables are a perfect example. You'll go, well, that's carbohydrates. But uh, vegetables have a lot of fiber. uh, And it also has uh, sugar. Uh, and uh, uh, I'm sorry, water, fiber and water, which helps dissipate a lot of whatever the carbohydrate content is in a vegetable, right? Mm-hmm. So it suspends in your longer in your stomach long enough, and it releases so slowly, especially if you're eating it with high fat foods like red meat or anything else, and uh, you won't get the same effect that you would get from a processed carbohydrate at all. Got it. So you're even pro or at least not anti-high-carb vegetables, just vegetables don't have the same effect as grains is kind of where you stand? No, not at all. Uh, you know, I'm not big on fruit. The, the, the fruit, you, you know, people say, well, which fruit do you eat? Well, avocado and olives. 
And right. if you really want to get into some sweetie fruits, um, and, you know, some berries won't hurt you. But when you think about vegetables and getting vitamins from vegetables, well, you know, you're looking at uh, your cruciferous vegetables will give you your most bang for your buck. And those are things like, but not complete group, is things like um, uh, cauliflower, broccoli, uh, Brussels sprouts, kale, if you can stomach kale, um, and, and these sort of things. And even though it's not a cruciferous vegetable, um, uh, uh, spinach is good. Some of these are good because you get a lot of phytonutrients from it. You know, you get all of that that you just don't get from meat. So. You know, we were set up, our bodies were set up to handle that. Right. So then somebody would say, oh, what about, you mentioned fruit, but what about stevia or xylitol or erythritol, all these other sort of alternative sugars coming on the market? What would you say about those? <clears throat> well, um, all right, let's take all of the ones except stevia. We'll get to stevia last. So all the other ones, the sugar alcohols. Uh, I was at a, a conference. I was at a low carb conference uh, in Austin over the summer, and uh, <clears throat> you know a lot of vendors were pushing what I call dirty keto, and a lot of people call it dirty keto. Um, dirty keto is sounds like a like that would be a garage band. Dirty keto. Yeah. Um, maybe it is. Yeah, you know what? Or if it's not, it should be. Um, or maybe you should start it. Except I can't play an instrument. Oh, there's that. I play yeah. the radio and, and the podcast. And that's about it. Oh, got it. Okay. So, you know, when people would sit around and, and you know, they would go from booth to booth and people go, oh, this has, you know, monk fruit extract and this has erythritol and this has xylitol and this has, well, if you walked into the bathroom of that convention, it looked like, it looks like a Jackson Pollock, you know, the toilets were all splashed with diarrhea. This stuff mm -hmm. causes almost instant diarrhea and any, you know, like if you ate a very smallest amount, you're okay. Now, why would it cause instant diarrhea? That's your body trying to get rid of it because it looks at it as poison. You know, mm -hmm. that, that's, it goes right through you like, like crap through a goose. Right. Um, so, you know, that's the problem with that. So, you know, you know, answer asked and answered, you know, question asked and, and answered. So, yeah, none of that stuff is good for you. Uh, yeah. Number one. Number two, I started saying this back in 1985 when we started getting more, you know, Diet Coke and Coke Zero and Pepsi One and all this kind of stuff. I would tell my clients, don't drink that stuff. And they would say, well, why not? There's no calories. And I was like, well, number one, I'm working on a theory that proves that calories are not the problem. I'm not there yet. But right. I'm working on it. And number two, this stuff can't possibly be good for you because our brains can't get behind what's going on with this stuff. You know, and it turns out I was right. I was yelling about that in 1985 without any scientific proof. But it was one of those hunches where I was absolutely correct. Um, so, yeah, none of that stuff is good. Now, Stevia. Stevia is uh, derived from a plant, and in its purest form, would normally be good. Unfortunately, green leaf stevia cannot be sold in the United States because our FDA has never approved it. So, no one here, unless they brought it in from like China or Japan or where, you know wherever they sell it for real, has never really had stevia in this country. Um, mm. We don't sell it on the open market; it's illegal. 
So no oh. one's actually had real green leaf stevia. And all the stuff that we call stevia is BS, like Truvia and or whatever it's called, you know. It's just sugar crap and sugar alcohol with stevia, you know, the bastardized version of stevia mixed in. Right. I also just don't, probably because it's not the pure stuff, but I don't like the taste. None of it tastes good. I mean, look, sugar tastes good. Right. You know, sugar's addictive for a reason. It tastes really good and it makes you feel, we don't even know what the feeling is, but there's a feeling of euphoria when you eat sugar. It, you know, it, it's, you know, it does something to you. That should tell you something. <laughs> Right. And I remember reading a study where even in a lab, mice preferred sugar over cocaine. Well, it, it lit up the same area, the, the same pleasure sensors as cocaine in the brain. Right. Yeah. So, super addictive. Um, so I know you also wrote a whole PDF about NSNG, which I'll link in the show notes. Um, because in your book originally, you had said cut out sugars and grains, but then people were asking, what should we eat? So can you just kind of touch on, like, what do you eat every day? What do you think is the best diet for people to follow? Uh, you know, I, I, I eat a little stronger, a little, a little more. Yeah, I, I really kind of go for it. And uh, just to let your audience in a little bit, you probably already know this, but um, I had leukemia and I had a really, really tough time with it when I had it. and. Um, that's when I went into dietary ketosis. They told me my cancer would come back within three to five years. And I had cancer in 2007 and we're coming up on 2020 and I'm still cancer free. Wow. By the way, no one's studying this, but no one came to me and said, wait a minute, you're one of the longest running people that we thought would get this again in three to five years. And we haven't seen you for any more chemo and you're still alive. And I go in for my blood work every year, and they're like, huh, huh, your blood work is pretty good. And uh, you might want to be careful. You have a lot of ketones in your urine. Because <laughs> 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 like, okay, you know, nobody, anybody, Bueller, Bueller. This looks perfect, but be careful. <laughs> yeah, you know, everything looks good, but you might want to watch those ketones. You might want to eat some more veggies. And so that being said, Every morning, or most every morning, I wake up and have two eggs with at least two extra yolks. A couple of days a week, uh, I'll just have the two eggs and then have three to five slices of bacon with it. Uh, and then I go off to the gym. You know, I like to spend a lot of time in the gym, do a little rehab. I'm an old football player, so, you know, a little rehab mm -hmm. body, do a lot of stretching. Then I'll work out and pump iron, that kind of thing. Um, a lot of the times I don't really have lunch because I'm not hungry because when you live in ketosis, you're not hungry a whole lot. Uh, I may or may not have heavy cream in my midday coffee. I'm having a coffee right now. It's like almost five o'clock and it's black, you know. So I may after the gym have cream in my coffee or if I drink my coffee black after the gym, I like to have a piece of cheese. Just because I like the way it tastes. It's not that, oh, I'm hungry. I need to get something in me. That whole BS thing that they will tell you, you know, oh, there's some window after you work out to, you know, to eat. And none of that is real. It's all made up internet bro science. Um, 
but yeah, that's that's kind of how I, I do it. And then for dinner, uh, for dinner, it's always either red meat or fish. On the rare occasions, we'll do chicken, but it's red meat or fish for dinner or pork. Sometimes we'll have pork. Uh, and with that, Serena likes to make a vegetable every now and then. Usually, you know, I love cauliflower, so she'll do cauliflower and, you know, maybe do a cauliflower gratin or something like that. But that that's, so, is basically it. Yeah. I mean, we I eat very similarly and it's pretty simple. I don't use any fancy recipes or, you know, I think the simpler you keep it, the more sustainable it is. Yeah. I've always said, you know, salt is my favorite spice and uh, <laughs> it's delicious. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes, like if I do a charcuterie board, you know, around lunch, I might drizzle some olive oil on it. This kind of thing, you know, I, I love olive oil and olives. Or Sometimes I'll eat olives during the day, uh, avocado sometimes. But it, it's all pretty simple for me. Right. So earlier you mentioned OMAD or one meal a day. Where do you stand on intermittent fasting? It doesn't sound like you do it, but do you think for the average person that can be a useful tool? The average person, no. Uh, if someone is metabolically broken and they want to go – you know, work with a doctor, people like Dr. Jason Fung is well known for it. He's got books out there. Um, and there's a couple of other people, names are slipping my mind right now. They they have some of these people doing two and three day fasts. Right. You know, and sometimes longer. And, you know, look, I knew one of the world's greatest bodybuilders uh, um, was a friend of mine, Mickey Hargitay. Um, his daughter is the, the, the famous actress, Mariska Hargitay. Um, from SVU and all those TV shows. Um, Mickey was a friend of mine. He was the original Mr. Universe. He died recently, about five years ago. He was a one meal a day guy back in the 90s before there was any computer or anything. Um, So there's always been people who did the one meal a day. Uh, Am I a fan of it? No, not really. If you want to do it and, and you feel comfortable doing it, that's fine, too. I know a lot of people get away with it. Uh, to be honest, uh, there was a day this past week where I had one meal a day uh, because I was traveling and I had to get up too early to have breakfast. So I missed breakfast. And of course, there was nothing to really eat on the plane. And I ended up in Naples, Florida at a place called Shula's and had myself a huge, you know, New York strip. So that's, you know, it, it happens sometimes. But you don't you don't recommend it like people need to do it or must try it. It's more because you produce ketones if you stick to not eating sugars and grains and staying more low carb. Yeah, look, look the, the bottom line is if you how do I put this? If you um, um, it, you know people want to they, they want to go one meal a day so I can get into ketosis faster as if there's some magic formula to do it or they'll say hey I have this drink I'm gonna drink this drink that I paid three hundred dollars for tastes nasty and it's gonna get me into ketosis much faster that's all true but that's not is not magic is not going to happen on that day you can just as easily get into ketosis by just cutting out all carbs and do that for three or four days and you'll start building up ketone bodies. If you do it for a month, you'll start feeling good. And if you do it for two months, you're going to think, oh, my God, I thought I felt good at a month. Now I feel amazing. And by six months, you'll start doing stuff you were doing as a teenager. You know, and I don't care what your age is. 
And I hear that all the time um, from men, women, and everything. You know, it's like, man, I, you know, I just thought I was getting old. They were 45 years old. It's like, I just thought I was done and I was old. And, man, I feel like a teenager again. I, I went water skiing with my kids or I went snow skiing with my kids or, you know, I was hunting with my son. And, you know, I, I used to need to be on the, the four-wheeler to get out there to go deer hunting. I walked the whole way. You know, these are just average people. These aren't athletes, right? right? And they're doing things they were doing back in their teens and 20s, and they can't believe it, you know? And it's all because they got their life back by just cutting out the thing that was clogging up their life. Yeah, and I think that's such a great point to mention that it doesn't matter how old you are, that the, you know every bite is a chance to turn it around. It's not like you're stuck in whatever situation you are now forever, there's always hope of feeling better and getting that energy back and feeling better even than you did. I mean, I know I feel better now in my 30s than I did in most of my 20s. So that can happen for anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Think about it. So you've done it for how long? So I'm not strict NSNG. I actually do intermittent fast. I don't, I'm not strict about that either. I do it most of the time, I'll say I probably eat in a 10-hour window. I don't do the one meal a day thing, but I do mostly eat vegetables, meat, and fat, sometimes a whole grain here and there, but I'm not looking to lose weight. I'm just looking to maintain a healthy weight, and for me, that seems to work. Um, but before learning about you, I was eating low-fat things and low-calorie things. So I was eating a lot of processed foods, a lot of sugar, a lot of pasta. Um, bread every day for lunch, pretzels every day for lunch, those flavored yogurts. I mean, pretty much everything I was eating was a refined sugar or refined grain. Yeah. So I'd say I've been doing this for about three years now. And I mean, it's just, I'm unrecognizable now compared to what I was in my 20s when I should have been super high energy and, you know, all these things that you're supposed to be in your 20s. Did, did you find you lost a lot of weight or anything like that? Yeah, I was never really severely overweight. I was just kind of puffy and bloated and pudgy, I would say. So I'd say I was a good 15 to 20 pounds overweight throughout my 20s, sometimes 10, but it was very yo-yo-like. I was exercising six or seven times a week on the elliptical for 45 minutes to an hour at a time. I mean, I was just exhausted trying to do everything that I thought I should be doing. So now I have really streamlined my exercise. I do more high intensity stuff. I do exercise I enjoy. I'll take a walk. But it's just crazy to me that I was just killing myself all those years doing all these things and eating stuff that sometimes wasn't even that tasty because it was low fat, you know, like these gross pretzels that had no flavor at all. Um, so yeah, now I eat delicious things and I've figured out exercises I love and I have more energy and I've never gained the 15 pounds back. It's just I've completely maintained my weight for all those years. So I know you have a lot of stories like that that you hear about people. Yeah. And you know, when I think about it, you know, I've never been a guy that ever ate any of the processy food stuff, but I have tried it. You know, like I've been places where over the years, not much in the past 10 years, but like I was like, well, wait, everybody's into this Froyo. Let me at least taste it and see what it is. As a matter of fact, I've talked about my Froyo thing on the air. Uh, I've done a thing with people who used to swear by Froyo, uh, frozen yogurt in mm -hmm. California. 
And I, I would say to him, listen, here's the deal. If you didn't know which flavor you bought, you would not know what flavor you're putting in your mouth. And they would say, well, what are you talking about? I said, they're suggesting that it tastes like blueberry or strawberry or whatever. You have no idea. And uh, they would say, I could, I could definitely tell. And I would take them, i say, all right, where's your favorite Froyo? And I would go there with them. I used to do this all the time in California. I might have even done it with Howie Mandel. <laughs> Although I'm not sure if I did or not. Because, no, I could. he wouldn't do it because he wasn't trusting what I was putting in his mouth because you got to blindfold the person. Oh, right. He, he would never do that. Um, <laughs> so, I'm sorry, I just name dropped on your podcast. So, no, that's totally fine. So, um, I, would take, I would take a friend and I would go, okay, favorite yoga place? Uh, name the three flavors you like, right? And they would tell me. I'd say, okay, uh, give me three of those flavors. Now, I also want uh, a small cup of chocolate and vanilla because those two you could kind of figure out, right? right. You could figure out. And I would tell the person, it's like, before you put your blindfold on, I want you to have a bite or two of vanilla, okay? Now I want you to have a bite or two of chocolate, okay? Now your tongue is like, all trying to figure out what these chemicals are because you have to buy into the fact that it is what it is, right? Then I would have them put a blindfold on. It's like, okay, you see the three flavors we have here. You picked them. One is blueberry, one is strawberry, and the other one is, I don't know, tutti frutti. And I would say, okay, put one in your mouth. And I would would put the spoon in their mouth and they would go, oh yeah, that's the blueberry. And it would be the raspberry or the strawberry or, or something. They they would get it one out of three or four times. They would get it right. And I would just yeah. go back and forth picking different ones with different spoons and the whole thing. And they were like, oh, my God, you're right. These things just taste like chemicals. And I never thought about that because I was convincing myself I was eating something that tasted like something else. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because in college I was a huge Froyo fan and there was this amazing spot a 10-minute drive away. We would all go there multiple times a week and just eat it with abandon thinking it was low-calorie, low-fat. And I would specifically get the ones that said low-calorie or no added sugar, which you know means nothing. Um, but I would eat that probably three or four times a week. Again, I was so misinformed. I thought I was doing what I should be doing and I thought I was being healthy, but it just came down to a lack of information. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's really it's really scary how they do that. And every time I do that, people always go, "Okay, now I hate you even more." Yeah. <laughs> and my answer is like, "Why? For for stating the truth?" And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I didn't really want to know. I didn't really want to know." Right. Yeah. You're just making a lot of friends out there. Yeah, yeah, for that. Real quick, I want to take a break from the episode to share one of my favorite resources with you. One of the BS messages floating around out there is that eating healthy costs too much. Honestly, I used to believe this myself. That is, until I discovered ThriveMarket.com. Thrive Market is an online grocery platform that's essentially Costco meets Trader Joe's meets Whole Foods. I love that I can shop on their mobile app and have all of my favorite groceries, everything from natural wine to 100% grass-fed beef to nutritious crackers, everything delivered right to my door. Last year, I saved over $1,000 shopping on Thrive. I honestly can't think of one reason not to love it. To save a percentage off your first order and see my full shopping list, click through the links in the show notes. 
Now, back to the episode. So I know, because I've seen it, you released a documentary called Fat, a documentary, which is available all over the place now. It was released on Amazon Prime if people want to check it out, and I'll link that in the show notes. But can you explain why you created that documentary and just kind of the basic premise of what you're trying to suggest through it? Okay, first and foremost, I did not want to do a documentary. I want to be very clear about that. As a matter of fact, I would go as far as to say I was dying not to do a documentary. I, I would have given my eye teeth not to do a documentary. And every time a movie would come out like um, Forks Over Knives or Cowspiracy or any of these vegan, I'm going to call them vegan propaganda pieces because that's that's in fact what they are. Yeah. Um, people would come to me and say, hey, man, I have an idea. Here's what you should do. You should do the opposite thing. You should do exactly just like they're lying and tell you telling people how bad beef is. Maybe you should lie and tell people how bad vegetables are. And I would always go, you know what? I'm not going to do that. Right? Did I lose right. you? Oh, you're, you're there. Yeah, sorry, I'm here. I lost you because you got real quiet. So <laughs> I would sometimes laugh at my stupid jokes. That'll allow me. Okay. To- <laughs> Oh, 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 yes, <laughs> vegetables, yes. Um, so, you know, I did that for a while. Uh, you know, people would say, you know, you should do the opposite film, and I kept saying no. And then, you know, the aforementioned Adam Carolla, um, I was leaving his show one day, and the guy that was taking, you know, I would do half the show, and then they would bring in a celebrity. Well, one day they brought this guy in. You know, usually I'm giving my seat up to, like, I, I, like Jeff Goldblum. I'm just throwing a name out. Uh, or, you know, um, David Crosby or some, you know, someone like that. They're coming right. over to me when I leave. They're taking over the seat. And I get to meet some really cool people there, right? Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> I'm, I'm leaving one day and this guy comes in. And he goes, I just want to shake your hand. And I'm like, okay. So I shake his hand. He goes, I'm Peter Pardini and uh, big fan. And I went, Okay. why are you a big fan of me? You're the celebrity. You're in the celebrity spot here. And so I listened to the show the next day to hear who this guy was. And, oh, by the way, he gave me a card. He said, Peter Biden, he gave me his card. So I listened to the show and um, he had done a movie with the band Chicago, about the band Chicago called Now More Than Ever. And I went, oh my God, this this film is great. I watched it while I was on my, my uh, roar one day at home and I was just roaring and watching it. And a few days later, I, I started watching it again because I really loved it. And I picked up the phone because I had his card sitting on my desk and I was going to leave a message and go, hey, you don't remember me, but I, you know, and that's what I did. I called and said, hey, my name is Vinny. You won't remember me. I love your movie. Keep doing it and blah, blah, blah. And then the phone rang. And it was him. And I can hear racket in the background. He goes, hey, Vinny, it's, it's Peter. Oh, my God, I can't believe you like my movie. I'm backstage at a Chicago concert right now. And I was like, oh, cool. He goes, I'll call you tomorrow. So he called me the next day and we talked. And he was telling me how he had lost like 60 pounds or something like that doing an S&G. Wow. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. I said, would you like to come on my show and talk about it? Because I do a Saturday show where we talk about, you know, success stories. And he said, I would love to be on your Saturday show. So 
he lived right down the street from me, so he came over to the house, and we recorded a show. And after the show, he said, you know, you really should do a documentary. Mm-hmm. And I told him the same thing I told everyone else. I said, Peter, number one, I'm not a documentarian. I don't know anything about film. And every, what am I going to do? Tell people not to eat vegetables? I don't understand what I'm supposed to do. And he said, you come up with an idea and I will direct it. You know, I know what I'm doing with a camera. And we started sitting around and, you know, he would come over and uh, I shoot shotguns competitively. So while I was cleaning my guns or fixing my guns, he would come over and we, we would jot down notes in my shed while I was either making shells or fix, fixing guns. And um, we came up with a concept where we wouldn't tell lies. We would mm-hmm. just tell the truth. Right. So right. it wasn't about, hey, we're better than the vegans. Hey, go us. It was all about, hey, how about if we just put everything aside? The same thing I did with my book. I don't care if no one reads this. I'm just going to tell the truth. Same thing with my podcast. I don't care if anyone listens. I'm just going to tell the truth. Same thing with my free PDF. It's free. Therefore, I'm going to tell the truth. Right? right. Yeah. So all these things where my book that sold a gazillion copies and my PDF that's been downloaded over 200,000 times and my podcast that gets a million downloads a month. I just sit there and tell the truth, right? Because who cares? I'm I'm not making, you know, I'm not trying to make a living off of people. I'm not trying to lie to people. And that concept came through with me and Peter. How about we just tell the truth? And that's what we did. And uh, lo and behold, um, we have that documentary to show for it. Right. And so why did you choose the topic of fat? Hmm. Because I feel like fat has always been uh, malign, you know, in the yeah. media. You know, it's, you know, saturated fat's going to kill you and, you know, fat is bad. And as I, you know, I, I think it was the reason that Adam Carolla had me on a second time and then on, you know, every couple of weeks for the past five years now is because on the first show, I said something that made him take pause. And he brings it up to me all the time. He said, you know, then he says that the only problem with fat is that it's called fat. Mm. If we we call that macronutrient energy, everybody would say, hey, I need to get my carbohydrates, protein, and energy, right? Fat is energy. But we say, hey, hey, fat, fat is what makes us fat, you know, um, (laughs) <laughs> the, the, the vegans will tell you fat's going to clog your arteries, which is a lie, right? Yeah. So, you know, because it's called fat and the word is the F word, you know, it's been demonized. And so that's, that's the problem with fat is that it's called fat. Right. And, you know, and then there's the double entendre that as a nation, we've gotten so fat, you know, just in my lifetime, you know, when I was a kid, there were no fat people. They, they yeah. just didn't exist. Um, I, I'll name the guy in my school. His name was Phil Callahan. He was also my best friend. He was the fat guy. By the way, he weighed about 220. Yeah. That's called athletic nowadays. Right. Okay. Uh, and, and by the way, Phil and I are still friends. He, we, we've been friends now since we were kids. He's no longer fat. Hmm. Um, but he was the fat guy in school. The one guy. Yeah. Uh, and that was it. 
you know, guys that were not athletic, guys that played nerdy guys in a band, they were all thin. Right. You know, I, my whole career has been working with morbidly obese people. And this all came around during my time between 1985 and, and today. You know, and I feel for these people, man. I, I don't know one fat person who enjoys being fat. Yeah. You know, they, they leave, lead a miserable existence. They have fatty liver disease, type 2 diabetes, sleep apnea. You know, they can't bend over and tie their shoes without feeling like they're going to pass out. It's a horrible existence. Yeah. Yet, you know, we, you know, we, we, we decide we're going to do shows. Let's go, hey, it's my big fat life. And hey, look, it's 600 pound me. I feel bad for these people, man. It's like, what are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing? Well, I think one really cool piece that I know because I follow you, but that you didn't mention is you didn't take any industry funding for your film either. So that that was one way you could actually say the truth because you weren't beholden to any big food company or even meat company or egg, you know, lobby. Well, that that was twofold. And here here's why. Number one. Uh, I didn't want anyone to be able to come back on me and say what you just said. Hey, of course he said beef is good. The beef industry gave him $200,000. Of course, right. the egg industry just gave him $75,000. Of course he's going to say what they want him to say because that's what the other side does, right? They take money and they, they go and they run with it, right? Um, that was number one. Number two, which is more important than number one, I didn't want to do the movie. And yeah. so I said, I'm not going to take money from anyone. He said, okay, well, we'll just use your, your people to crowdfund it. And I went, well, how much money do you think we'll need? He said, at least 150000 And I went, okay. And in my mind, I was going, there's no effing way that my fan base is going to come up with $150,000. The truth comes out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, You're trying to it. avoid the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's like no one's gonna watch this. No one's. Gonna, I, I don't even know how to do a movie, and you want me to be in it? I'm not even pretty. You know, pretty <laughs> on camera. I'm 55. I was 55 at the time. I'm 57 now. It's like I don't want to be on camera. I mean, come on, man. And so that was my way of getting out of it. I went, oh wait, crowdfunding? Yeah, okay, yeah, man. So we we were asking for 150, and we ended up getting a quarter of a million. Oh wow! And and by the way, that wasn't even enough because you know we used all of that money, plus I had to put some money, put my own money into it. You know, yeah. I had to become part. Of, I, I didn't do it through crowdfunding. I just financed it straight from my savings account, which I hope that one day I'll see it again. <laughs> I'll see. Yeah. Well, I think the interesting point too is I know you have vegan friends and you know, it's not that you're anti-vegan. You may disagree with some of the things that they do, but you're you're anti-vegan propaganda, which is what so many of these films are, is that correct? Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh one of the biggest guys in a vegan community, um we we used to ride bikes together, um Rich Roll. Uh, yeah. who's a, a you know, a big old vegan and Living in Hollywood, uh, probably you know twenty percent, thirty percent of my clientele was vegan, and I had to figure out how to get enough fat in their systems because they knew that grains weren't good for them. But th those aren't the people I'm talking about. And by the way, most of those people are vegan 
because they believe that, um, you know, kind of religiously, you know, they think they think cow farts are going to ruin the, the ozone layer, and they 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 can't bear knowing that they're eating animal muscle, and you know, I I get where they're coming from, so I don't try to convince them otherwise. But most vegans are lied to, thinking that hey, you know, cow farts are killing the ozone layer. Yeah. Not realizing that a deer is also a ruminant. And what are we going to do? Go kill all the deer? Because they must be ruining that same ozone layer. The fact of the matter is, none of it is ruining anything. Yeah. It's all just vegan propaganda. And um, and then you, you have these big food companies like Unilever, who gives money directly to Walter Willett over at Harvard. And Walter Willett, so when, anytime you see anything coming out of Harvard, you could just take it and throw it in the trash because it's a lie. Um, same thing with um, usually the Cleveland Clinic. There's a bunch of vegans on staff there putting out lies. And uh, Minnesota University, that's where Ansel Keys went to school. Lies, lies, and more lies. You know, they're still trying to to protect what they did. You know, the fact that they're killing America. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's why it's it is sad and that's why it's so tough for someone like me in my 20s. I was doing everything I thought I should be doing and I was really health conscious and listening to, you know, headlines and trying my best and still not able to figure it out. So I think it's just really important the message you're spreading and how you're doing five podcasts a week and I'm sure that's exhausting, but you know, you're just keep on keeping on with the good, you know, honest truth. Well, thanks. And, you know, it it is not the easiest thing in the world to do that many shows, but, you know, uh, you know, it's largely, it's largely done because, you know, as you, I don't know if, do you listen to my show at all? Yeah, I do listen to many of them. Well, you know, at the end of every show, you know, it's kind of like NPR. I say, listen, folks, you know, we all shop on Amazon. Before you go to Amazon, go to, and, and you know, sh- you know, click on adventitories.com because, you know, basically that money pays to do five shows a week. You know, there's, there's a lot of people who get paid out of that show, you know, you know that work behind the scenes. Um, and it's because everyone goes to Amazon. So as long as people, you know, believe in me and they keep going to Amazon, going to my site before they go to Amazon, I can do five shows a week. Um, I don't actually make a living out of that. Uh, It's also, you know, sponsorship. I only use sponsorship on a Monday and Friday show and I put three ads in each show and that's it. Um, So there's that. and. That helps pay for the show. It puts a little money in my pocket, those sponsors, but again, not enough to live on. Right. <clears throat> you know, um, so there's that. And but I count on people buying my book. You know, yeah. I, I, the book is seven or eight years old, and so I, I count on stuff like that. And I think you had my business partner on. Uh, and, I did. Yes. Um, yeah, I started a vitamin company um, out of the book money when I made money on the book. The book did really well, so I, I started the vitamin company. That does really well. I'm sure Andy maybe mentioned that to you. And um, and then at some point, um, we started Pure Coffee Club. Um, so I have other interests where I don't have to tell people, hey, if you want to be really healthy, you must drink my coffee and and, and swallow my vitamins. I never do that. Um, right. 
But because I have two successful companies, Coffee and Vitamin, I'm able to keep everything else for free. Um, yeah, which is amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. Think about that. I think I mentioned earlier, uh, my, my PDF has been downloaded over 200,000 times. Wow. You know, if, if I had charged 10 bucks for that, well, let's yeah. say it would have turned off, let's say it would have turned off 15% of those people from buying it, right? Yeah. I would have still made a couple of million dollars. Yeah. Right? For sure. and, and yeah. Have, you know, um, but if people stop, if people stop going to Amazon, I'm going to have to do that. You know, you know what I mean? It's like. All right. I, you have to make a living. I have to be able to wake up to keep doing right. it. Right. Be able to wake up and not have to go work at Starbucks or something. So right. That's that's where I am. Well, on that note, I mean, you've been so generous with your time, and I know you're incredibly busy with all the things you just mentioned. So I don't want to take up any more of your time, and I just want to ask, where's the best place for people to find you? What are kind of your go-to social media avenues, or is it your website? What's the best place for people to go? Yeah, a good place to start is you can uh, you just go to vinnytortoris.com. If that's too hard to remember, just go to Google and put an NSNG in there. Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram all day talking to people, trying to help people out. Um, so I, I'm easily found. If you just put Vinny into Google and just put the T behind it, I, I should come up. So but Vinny with the I-E, not the wimpy Y, right? Yeah, no wimpy Y. Vinny with an I-E. That'll yeah. get there. Um, if you just put in Vinny, Vinny Jones is going to come up or, or – you know, Keto Guido, you know, Vinny from Jersey Shore. Might oh, be. right, right. <laughs> if you put in Vinny T, uh, I'll come up. Um, well, and I'll also link all of these things in the show notes so people have easy access. Yeah. As I always say, I'm the third most famous Vinny or most popular Vinny. There's Vinny Jones, uh, Vinny from Jersey Shore, and then me. I don't know who Vinny Jones is. Should I? Uh, how old are you? 35. Okay, he is dreamy, but he's a oh. little, you're a little too young. Vinnie Jones is my age. Uh, Google him. He started off okay. as a soccer star, uh, like a big-time soccer star in Europe, and he's got the British voice or whatever. I think he's from, from England. And then he became a big-time actor. You know, he's uh, a okay. celebrity. Most oh, yeah, people, I know who that is. Yeah, you, you looked him up and you see him. Yeah, there. I looked him up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, he's kind of like my sister-in-law. You know, she's really, really, really famous in England and in Europe. But if you mention Kristen Scott Thomas here, people might go, who is she? Oh, no, I love Kristen Scott Thomas. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of dudes like her here. They're like, she is so hot. <laughs> Kristen? Really? No, the horse was her is one of my favorites. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's a great, I love the horse whisperer, but all right. Anyway, I will let you go, but I just wanted to thank you so much, Vinny, again, for being on the show. I'm a huge fan. I have been for years and I know that people are really going to benefit from everything you shared here today. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Well, that's all for today. Before the next episode drops, I'd love to chat with you one-on-one about the BS messages and methods currently holding you back. You deserve simple weight loss and sustainable wellness. So let's figure out how to make both happen. To book your free consultation, click through the link in the show notes. Again, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Health Investment Podcast. See you next week. All content in this podcast was created for general informational purposes only by a non-physician. None of the content should serve as a substitute for professional medical advice, treatment, or diagnosis. 
Always consult a qualified health provider with any questions regarding a medical condition and before making changes to your diet, lifestyle, and or exercise programs. Do not disregard any professional medical advice you have received or postpone seeking such advice because of something you heard on this podcast.